Hello and welcome to Codish, an exploration of the lives of modern developers. Join us as we dive into topics like languages and frameworks, data and event-driven architectures, and individual and team productivity, all tailored to developers and engineering leaders. This episode is part of our Dev Life series. Hey, this is Owenu, and uh, with me we have Celia, Ding, and Joanne. So, why don't you guys introduce yourself? I'm Sylvia. I'm an engineer on the runtime team, uh, currently on the P28D squad. I'm Dane. I'm also on runtime and the P28D squad as well. And I'm Joanne. I'm also on the P28D squad on runtime. <laughs> cool. What does P28D mean? What does it do? Yes, so the uh, P28D came about because the mission of the squad was to define uh, a private spaces control plane, or to, to uh, work on the private spaces control plane. That name, or that, that description was too long. The squad wanted something shorter, so I literally took those words, removed spaces, and got the character length, and took the same rules as I18N and applied it to that. What are your daily pain points? My, my pain points, I think all, all my pain points will stem from communication. We do a lot of communicating over Slack. That's text-based. Um, you, you, you can't send your tone. You can't send. No one knows if what you've written is a joke or not. It all comes down to how the person reads it. Typically, I think I'm communicating my intent correctly, and a lot of the times I'm not. And then it's identifying things weren't interpreted the right way. Um, I glossed over something that's super important. And, and fixing that. But I think my, my biggest pain point on a daily basis is just trying to communicate clearly. All right, the next question is, how do you guys work as a remote team? So luckily as a squad, we're actually all in the same time zone, which we're fortunate, um, unlike other squads, which, which have to account for the difference in time zones. So we're, we're online around the same time, and we get offline around the same time. So that really does help with coordinating you know, collaboration. I think we also, as a squad, because we're small, we're only four people, so we we are very close-knit. We hang out together a lot, even though, um, you know, physically we are removed from each other. Um, but I, you and Dane, Owen, you, you guys have been with the squad longer and you established that rapport that you have together. Um, me and Joanne are newer members, and so it's been a bit of a... Um, of a learning curve to understand how to relate to you guys on the emoji level, which is very, very important. How about your day? A lot of what Sylvia just said sums up how we work. We do a lot of coordination on Slack, but we do try to leverage meets and routine hangouts as, as much as we can. You can communicate so much faster on a, on, on a meet, on a, on a hangout, which is really nice. That information does get lost, like you don't have a scroll back. In, in a meet. You don't have something to reference that you can send to someone else. But, um, but it's, so much more, it's so much more personal. We're able to feel really connected that way, which I think is great. Yeah, definitely a plus one to that. I think our team does a really good job of meeting every single day and being on Hangouts for hours in, in our day. It's been really helpful. Or face-to-face time. So, and we also have the, uh, you have 10 seconds to comply uh, hangout room that oh, yes. everybody can join to just hang out a little bit. Yeah, that, that was a very, very old 
hangout. That's when, when private spaces were being put together, we had to do compliance work. And that, that was what, years ago maybe, um, that hangout was created. The idea was people didn't go there because they had to. It's go here when you feel like being social. And you might be the only person on there for the entire day. And it's because the rest of the team wasn't feeling social. But then you join and you see someone else is there. And that's great because you're both there for the same reason, to, to chat. And uh, it's, it's stuck around this, this whole time, which is really, really nice. And it's such a lovely surprise when somebody just pops in and you're like, Oh, hello. Yeah. Well, the nicest part about that is when, with this long-standing meet, is that there are people who are outside of the squad who just like, I want to say troll. They don't troll, they just hang out there for fun, which is nice, and waiting for mm-hmm. someone to show up. And then we show up and it's it's been not just for fun, but like we've, we've been able to solve problems that way. Like Ricardo hanging out in, in there has helped us get mm-hmm. over the DNS hurdle that we faced like earlier this month. Yep. And so people who have domain knowledge are hanging out there and out of this like willingness to be social, actually real solutions to timely problems are found. And it's a really nice organic way to solve problems. The, the, the little history of that hangout that I, I, I love and hate at the same time. So the, the, the name came from a line from Robocop where ED209 says you have uh, 20 seconds to comply. And so that was part of the Hangout name, it was 20 seconds. And I went on some kind of vacation for a couple of days or whatever, and someone disagreed with me and changed it to 30 seconds. They didn't check the script, they just thought 30 seconds was more accurate. And they didn't tell one of the team members. <laughs> <laughs> fail. Communication fail. Yep. Translation so. fail. But yeah, he was there every day for a week, wondering why no one joined. <laughs> so maybe let's change our topic a little bit. So what, is, what do you like about this job? And how do you end up in Heroku, maybe? I've been writing software forever. It was like age 10 or something that I broke my foot and started messing with software. Um, Serendipity. So that's, 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 that's how I think. That's what I love. I was doing a bunch of Rails. I met... Heroku, some, some Heroku staff at a RailsConf in Baltimore. And they happened to be hiring because they just got acquired. So they said they're looking for just good people. Uh, I got my resume to one of them, and that resume made its way to one of the founders, Adam Wiggins, and he said, hey, let's jump on a Skype call and, and chat. So the, the call went well. They flew me out and worked with them for a couple of days and they said, you know, do you, do you want to join? You know, why I'm still here, why I love the, the work that we do, it's the, the problems are fun. Um, they're hard problems, they're fun problems, and they're relevant to me. Other software companies, you're, you're building software that is for other people. Heroku builds software for developers. So ultimately, I'm building something that I'm going to use. And that's the stuff that excites me. I'm not building a credit card processor, because that's not going to hit home. Um, but building something that allows me to route traffic or scale to millions of requests a second, well, that's something I am going to use as someone who writes software. So I'm solving problems that, that will affect me directly, and that's what, that's what I really like. I uh, joined Heroku three years ago. I was a fan of Heroku before I joined even. Like, I, use, I host all my apps on Heroku. 
previously I was referred by Jammu and I knew that I got a chance to work on the platform that holds all my apps. So I was kind of really excited about it. And this is still excitement, excite me today because I got a chance to work on, you know, something matters to me. As a newer developer, I also used Heroku first as my first way I deployed an app to the web. But I actually got referred into Heroku through a mutual program that many of us had attended um, before. It's a software engineering bootcamp for women in San Francisco called Hackbrite. Several of us are from there. What I really like about Heroku so far, I've only been here six months now, um, but what I love most is the people. I can honestly say there are a lot of good people that I've met here, and a lot of them I call my friends. Um, definitely feels more like a family to me than any place I've worked at before. I'm also part of the Hackbrite network. That's how I found out about the opening. Um, was also referred, like Joanne, also joined in the same time frame. Why I joined Heroku is um, I actually did quite a bit of verifications on her on what it was like to work here before I joined. Uh, it's important to me to work on a product that yeah that's close to what I care about, and so bringing value into the world was a big part of why uh, this was a company I would work for. But more importantly, I wanted to I wanted to get into a healthy working environment where people were able to communicate to each other freely and with candor and where people gave and received feedback um, openly. And so I, I basically grilled the hiring manager for examples of people giving feedback to each other. And how does this happen? How do people handle it? When was the last time you got feedback? When was the last time you gave feedback? When did you receive feedback that you really didn't like? How did you handle it? Did you ever cry receiving feedback at Heroku? Yeah, I, just, I had a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> Very thorough, as usual. Expected. Uh, yeah, it was really important to me to be part of a healthy working environment, not just like a cool, I guess, development organization, because all of you guys are at the very senior level, and I have a lot to learn from all of you, but also on a human level, I wanted it to be a, a place where, um, where I can be myself, and I'd be accepted for that, and, and where we respect each other as developers and as human beings, and I definitely found that. So... Now we towards the end of the show, and we're not Fox Weekly, but I'm gonna ask anyway. So what is your favorite editor and favorite scripting language? At the moment, I don't like anything that's considered a scripting language. <laughs> that's How about your favorite editor? My fav favorite editor is, is, is Vim. I used other kinds of editors in the past. Once I found Vim and forced myself to, to use it, I fell for it and I loved it. Nothing. I've tried other editors. I think every other editor is garbage in comparison. It, it works for other people. It just doesn't work for me, and I feel very, very strongly about it. People tell me, oh, just use the Vim key bindings. No, just use Vim. <laughs> key bindings are built in. So I, I love that. I, I love that editor. And I know that you like minimum setup for Vim as well. Uh, yes, yes. I don't, I don't like plugins. I don't like syntax highlighting. A lot of people disagree. I explain why. They agree with my reasoning, and they still don't like it. And, and that's fine. Now, as, as far as scripting languages go, Go isn't a scripting language, but the fact that I can throw something together in Go and just go run it 
that's become my scripting language. Mm -hmm. Is it the compilation speed is so fast that you can almost use this as a scripting language? Yeah, basically. I, I would have answered with Ruby as my scripting language, but I don't, I don't necessarily care for the language anymore. And if I can answer the problem in Go, whether it's scripting or some other problem, it's, it's going to be in Go and written with Vim. Um, well, my favorite editor is Vim, for sure. I think I share lots of commonality with, uh, with Ding about um, the Wim key binding versus Wim. I try a uh, different editor. I try VS Code and various other editors as well. It just doesn't feel like Wim. I find myself going back to Wim from time to time, like for serious programming. My favorite scripting language is Ruby. This is a great language that like have all the all the stuff that a human can program. I would say that like I don't like the Python indentation, although like Python had lots of great library for machine learning and that kind of thing seems to be the number one language these days. But yeah, Ruby is still ranked pretty high from the bottom of my heart. Okay. Now you, you say you use Vim as your editor, but you have so many plugins that you basically have an IDE. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think that it if you know your tools, you know how to use them the most efficiently. It doesn't matter if it's Vim or... Personally, I'm a JetBrains um, fan. I really like their products. Are so. you? Yes. If I'm what writing are you something currently using, if I'm writing something simple, I normally will use Notepad++ or Sublime. Um, but if I'm writing something more complex that requires me to navigate through the code base, then I prefer something like GoLand or um, IntelliJ. Yeah, that's just me. It doesn't matter, really. It doesn't matter. Um, I think the tools that we use, just if we know how to use them, will we'll be equally effective. Uh, I like to think so, even though you guys are kind of groupies for Vim. <laughs> no comment on that, whatever. Uh, favorite scripting language? I definitely, I write everything in Bash. Even when it gets really difficult, like when you're processing JSON with JQ, you're really like, you're getting suicidal. But I've, I've become very stubborn to figure that out and spend many hours, even though I could have probably easily used a different language. But it's kind of like, what language do you enjoy the most? And to me, it's, yeah, I write Shell, I write Bash. And Python, if it is the right tool for the job, if somebody can persuade me, to get out of Bash, then it's usually my go-to is Python. My favorite editor. I am totally flexible on all this. Editor, language, whatever. I can be persuaded to, to switch. But my favorite editor right now, that's becoming more of my favorite editor as I use it longer, is Sublime. Um, I just find it really easy to navigate through different file systems, search. It doesn't have pair programming unless like the pair programming mode, unless you have somebody else with Sublime as well, and who also has the plugin. So there are some drawbacks, but for the most part, for what I use it for on a day-to-day -day basis, it does the job, it does it well. Um, simple and cheap. Yes, cheap. simple and cheap. And included in the Salesforce application list. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, so you, you can actually have a licensed version of it. Yes. <laughs> so can I for IntelliJ, and I have one. So what, how about your scripting language? Scripting language? Oh, man, Python still has a place in my heart. Like, Python was one of the first languages I learned. It just reads so poetically to me. That sounds crazy. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it reads very poetically. It's beautiful. It's like... It, it reads very cleanly, and 
it's not magical like Ruby is. I like Ruby as well. I just, when you ask me my favorite, Python has its place in my heart still. I haven't touched it though in like, I don't know, six plus months. Okay. Thanks for listening. This show is brought to you by Owen, Sylvia, Dean, and Joanne. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Codish Podcast. Codish is produced by Heroku, the easiest way to deploy, manage, and scale your applications in the cloud. If you'd like to learn more about Codish or any of Heroku's podcasts, please visit heroku.com slash podcasts.